0: Good morning, everyone. I'm the associate pastor, Ken Livingston, and I'm so thankful that I get to be here with you. It's a privilege uh, when Pastor Jeff lets me preach to you, and so I'm glad that you are here. If you're a guest of ours, uh, we're so thankful that you're here, and uh, we appreciate you. If you want um, a a good message, maybe you'll have to come back in a couple weeks. But uh, listen, I want you to know a couple things this morning, and that is that all, for all of you, you are loved. You are loved. Uh, John 3.16 says, for God so what? Anybody? God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son so that whoever believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. We can have eternal life in glory in heaven with the Father if we believe in Jesus Christ because God loves you. And not only does God love you, but we love you too. So all of you, I'm so thankful that you're here. I want to do something special. I found out that, uh, just turn to somebody next to you and say, happy birthday. (laughs) Go ahead and just turn to somebody. Yeah, okay, well, listen, chances are you actually wish somebody a happy birthday because there's like a ton of people in here with birthdays today. Uh, And I won't name everybody, but there's a lot of birthdays today, but one really special birthday that I want you to know about and that is my wife Jolene it's her birthday so yeah well for well everybody that has a birthday but I'm I'm so proud of her it's not a big one it doesn't end with zero but it's big because she's outlived a, a lot of her biological family members she's lived longer than a lot of them have and by the way in April we celebrated 40 years together, so she's put up with me for over 40 years, so this is a strong, amazing woman, amen? amen? So I'm glad that you're, happy birthday, happy birthday to all of you with birthdays, but again, I'm glad that you're here. We're in First Peter chapter 2 this morning. We're going to be looking at verses 1 through 10, 1 Peter chapter 2, if you want to get there with your Bible or with your phone or whatever you use, and uh, when you find that Let's uh, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, we certainly count it a privilege to be able to gather together with people that we love and, and care about deeply, and and we know that you're here, and so being with friends and loved ones and in your presence, Lord, is just amazing. And I just pray. That you continue to receive glory and honor, and worship this morning. We've already uh, read your word, and and we've already sung to you, and we've given to you, and we we pray that you've received glory and all that. But as we continue and we study your precious word, I pray, Lord, that you continue to be glorified. Would you please guard my words? Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable and pleasing to you, Father, this morning. May we all have ears that hear and hearts that are open and brains that, that will receive what you have for us this morning. We're so thankful for Jesus. We're so thankful that he, you loved us enough to send your only Son and he came and lived and died to take our place, our, our sins on the cross. And he was buried and he rose and he's seated up there with you because his work is done. Uh, but Father, our, our work to declare his, uh, what he's done goes on. And so as the gospel goes forth this morning, I pray that it would penetrate hearts. And maybe some folks would turn to you this morning because of what happens here. Again, Father, thank you for loving us. And we pray all these things in the name of Jesus. And everybody said, amen. amen. So you're in 1 Peter chapter 2, and uh, it's my privilege to uh, go through this with you. It starts off, the very first word, if you look at verse 1, 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 1, it says what? Yeah. Therefore. I was always taught when I was studying the Bible, if you see a therefore, you're supposed to ask, what's it? Therefore, it's a connection word. It takes us back to something that we've seen earlier. Your your version might have so, or if it says therefore, or whatever. Well, what's it therefore? Well, we started out two weeks ago. Pastor Jeff led us in in, uh, chapter one for two weeks. And it starts off and it said, talked about our hope is in Christ. Amen? Like our hope as believers is in Jesus Christ. And then last week he ended up with the realization that all things fade away, right? Our cars fade away, our houses fade away, grass fades away, everything fades away, but the word of the Lord endures forever, right? And so he's saying, listen, your hope is in Christ and the word of God, which is so valuable and tells us what to, what to believe and how to act and what God has done for us, and it's so amazing. And Some people say, well, listen, it was written like 2,000 years ago at least or more. Like, what good is it today? Well, listen, it endures forever, and it's valuable forever. And it's just as important today as it was when people wrote it for thousands of years ago. Amen? The word of the Lord endures forever. So because Christ is our hope and because the word of the Lord endures forever, even though everything else fades away, he says, therefore, rid yourselves Of all malice. Put away all those evil things. You know, there's a lot of people in the world that get caught up in all kinds of things that the Lord, you know, uh, considers evil. And He says, Listen, put away all that. You're not like them. Put away all that malice, all deceit, hypocrisy, envy. Don't be jealous of other people and all slander. He says, Because our hope is in Christ, we don't need to be like the rest of the people. See, they're all looking for something that we've already found. Amen? They're looking for something that satisfies them, and we already have that, and his name is Jesus. And so he says, you don't have to be like them. Because you know Jesus is our hope, put away that, all that other stuff. Put away all that other stuff and, and focus on the word. Amen? And he goes on because in verse 2 it says, like newborn infants desire the pure milk of the word so that you may grow up in your salvation. If you have tasted that the Lord is good, if you have tasted that the Lord is good, if you, if you are a follower of Jesus, you've, you're saved, you're a Christian, you're, you're, you're following him. He is your, uh, not just your savior, but your Lord. If you've done that, he says, desire, desire the, the milk of the word, desire God's word. Um, I love God's word and I've been studying it for a long time. I th- I imagine most of you have too. But when we first come to Christ, don't you, you just have a, it's like I don't know anything. I just want to I just want to figure things out and you begin to read the word of God and you begin to take it in, right? And nothing else will satisfy you but God's word. Are you with me? And that's kind of I was I realized this anew when we we've been babysitting our uh, little granddaughter Nora, uh, I mean Ramona, sorry we have one's nora she's awesome this is uh, this is our seventh granddaughter she's the youngest she's three and a half months old. her name is Ramona, and you can just tell i mean she's cute right she's a beautiful little girl she's an angel she is she's just a little angel um, until she gets real hungry and then when she gets hungry and she doesn't you know she's three and a half months old she doesn 't know. It's so cute, and she's just like cooing and smiling at you. And like if I look at her and, and she's like, you know, smile. it's just like, oh, it just catches your heart, right? And then all of a sudden, it, there's a switch that gets flipped, and she's hungry. And then there's like, ah! Like it's like, oh, what, what happened to this little angel? But she is desiring mama's milk, right? And that's all she knows how to do. She just lets you know she wants mama's milk and nothing else will take the place of having that milk in her mouth in a bottle sucking on that right so i'm whole, i can be like oh nora listen uh mimi's getting the getting the, warming up the milk you know just just calm down and i'll have a little rattle or i talk to her you know how you talk to kids They're like it's okay you, you go into this little voice right and so even these big strong men i love it because it's like oh you you know and like you don't, you don't want to be video doing that, but let's, let's be honest. We all do that, right? So I'm trying to talk to her, or I have a rattle, or a little toy, or I hold her, or whatever. It, nothing, nothing satisfies her. She wants mama's milk. And, and Peter says, when you have come to Christ because you have tasted Christ and you realize how amazing he is, he says that we should desire The milk of God's Word. Nothing will take the place of it. Nothing can satisfy us. The things of the world certainly can't satisfy us. Nothing satisfies us like the milk of the world. And I just want to remind you that in 1 Corinthians, I think it's chapter 3, uh, Paul talks about how he's giving them the milk of the uh, the word because they can't handle the meat uh, yet because they're new. But listen, it would be really strange, would it not, if um, Ramona, when she's 37, still won't be satisfied with anything but milk, right? Because eventually, come you know, there's gonna be like, oh, she wants applesauce. And then, oh, there's mac and cheese. And then I'm sure her dad hopes that one day she'll enjoy, you know, baby back ribs like he does, right? I mean, we progress from milk up to meat. Are you with me? If There is nothing wrong with the simplistic nature of the theological things of God like John 3.16 that I quoted just a little earlier. Nothing wrong with that. But when you've been in the faith for 40 years, you should be hungering for a little bit more. Right? Again, there's nothing wrong with the John. We could study John 3.16 for the rest of the year and we'd all get something out of it. But eventually we start saying, you know what? I want to learn more. I want to understand. Listen, I don't understand this whole justification thing. and What's it mean to be sanctified? And we start learning more. And we don't need all that right off the bat, right? We're just like, just tell me about Jesus. And how, do I, how do I share Jesus? But eventually we want more, amen? And I presume that you know that. That's why you're here, right? But uh, at the beginning, we want the milk of the Word. Why? Because so that we may grow up into our salvation. We want to grow to be more and more like Jesus. We want to mature in our faith. That, that, that's what sanctification is, to become more and more like Jesus, to learn more about uh, who he is and what he's like, and our character begins to change. So we, act, we, we react not like we used to, but like maybe Jesus would. And so we, we desire the word because it's profitable to teach us what to believe and how to know when we mess up and how to fix our mess ups and how to live for him, right? This is, this is valuable, so valuable, the word of God. And so we desire so that we can grow. Verse four, as we go on, verse four says, as you come to him, and I'll just let you know that's Jesus, a living stone, Jesus is a living stone rejected by people, but chosen and honored by God. Verse 5, you yourselves as living stones, a a spiritual house, are being built to be a holy priesthood, to offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. For it stands in Scripture, see, I lay a stone in Zion, a chosen and honored cornerstone, and the one who believes in him will never be put to shame. Verse 4 again says, as you come to him, Jesus living stone Jesus is a living stone that uh, it's kind of a different uh, thought for us but he is it says it down in verse 6 he's the cornerstone when we build these days we a lot of times use two by fours right and we uh, get a building when they built back then they used a lot of times they used stones and so they took they would take stones and they would fit them together to build a building well, what happens when you had to fit some stones together? Because they're kind of uh, kind of coarse and they're a little odd-shaped, so the, the builder would take a little chisel and a hammer and he'd chisel off little parts, right? so that it would fit. Uh, not only is Jesus the living stone, the cornerstone, but we are living stones as well. And you know what God has to do to us sometimes? He has to take a chisel to us and take off little edges that uh, he doesn't want to, in his building. And that's painful. I heard one uh, preacher talk about this, and he was saying, he's like, as God's doing that, he's like, ouch, oh, ouch, right? I, I like that part. That's one of my favorite parts. What are you doing? But God is making us into, so we can fit in his building. What's the building? The church. Not the, not the church building. We're the building. He's building us up into like a temple uh, 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 a sanctuary, a church, you and I are individual rocks. And by the way, when one, of us, when, when one of us is missing, there's a hole in the building, amen? But he has to chisel us and make us to be how he's supposed to be, how we're supposed to be to fit in to his building. Um, and we are to, as we're being built up into this holy priesthood, to, so that we can offer spiritual sacrifices that are acceptable to God. That's verse five. Offer spiritual sacrifices. I think about Romans chapter 12, verse one. It says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your body a living sacrifice. Aren't you glad we don't offer sacrifices of animals anymore, right? I mean, we're glad about that, but guess what that means? That means you and I are the sacrifice. That means if you picture you or me laying Uh, on a table, and you're saying, okay, God, as we're laying there, right? Okay, God, I'm, I'm yours. I'm a living sacrifice, but I'm dying to my own desires. I'm dying to my own visions and dreams, and I want your, you know, visions for me to be reality. I'm dying to myself. I'm sacrificing Myself And we're a living sacrifice. So I beseech you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice. Romans 12, 1 and 1. uh, 12, 1. uh, A living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. That's what God wants. Because he's not just our Savior. He's our Lord. So we do what he wants. Amen? So then if you look down at verse 6 and finish this little chunk, it says... For it stands in Scripture. It's been told in Scripture. See, I lay a stone in Zion, a chosen and honored cornerstone. Jesus was chosen and honored by God to take on flesh and come and uh, dwell on the earth so that he could be the chief cornerstone. So builders, we all know, uh, even today, you've got to make sure you square the building, right? you got to have it... <laughs> square that first corner is really important well back then when they were building with stones the the cornerstone was i mean it was all based off of the cornerstone if you didn't have the cornerstone right if that wasn't a good foundation your building was going to be in trouble jesus is the perfect corner stone to build off of he was perfect and by the way he didn't need to be chiseled like you and i do right And they took the the cornerstone and they laid it down. And then God's building this building with you and I. And everything is based off of the cornerstone, the perfect Jesus Christ. Amen? Verse 7 says, So honor will come to you who believe, but not for the unbelieving. The stone that the builders rejected, this one has become the cornerstone. And, verse 8, a stone of, to stumble over and a rock to trip over. They stumble because they disobey the word. They were destined for this. Jesus is the cornerstone. Um, it's so sad that the Bible says that Jesus came to his own, but that his own received him not. Right? He came to the Jewish people as a Jewish boy, and they're like, yeah, right, the, all the religious leaders of the day, are standing in front of the Messiah, the Savior of the world that they've been waiting for their whole lives, and their parents, and their grandparents, and their great-great-grandparents, and they're standing before Jesus, and they're like, no, that can't be it. He's not the one. They rejected him, and he was a stumbling block to them, and they were in the presence of the one true Christ. It became a they stumbled over him and tripped over him, but he was the true cornerstone. John 14, 6 says that he is the way and the truth and the life, and no one comes to the Father but by him. He's the only way. This is actually, this, this quote of the stone that the builders rejected is out of Psalm 118, verse 22. Um, if you could show it up there, Psalm 118, The stone that the builders rejected has become the chief cornerstone. This is in the Old Testament. They knew this. Uh, this is actually, this verse is I think quoted six times. It's the most quoted Old Testament verse from in the New Testament. I think it's quoted six times. And those religious leaders of the day would have known this. And they would have known like, hey, can you believe it? The Messiah's gonna come someday and people aren't gonna realize it's him. And then, oh, that Jesus, we need to put that Jesus to death. He's not the one, right? And it was even prophesied that that's what they were going to do. So let's keep going. Verse 9. Everybody say, but. But. No, like, but with one T. So you can say it proudly. It's okay. Say, but. But. Because I want to make sure you're all ready for this. Say it again real loud. There you go. Because he's going to transition here to an awesome thing for us. This is glorious for us. Um, Chapter uh, 9, verse 9. It says, but you, and he's talking about us, who are followers of Jesus, who are Christians. He says, but you are a chosen race. I was thinking back about this when, you know, back in the Old Testament in Genesis when Abraham is just kind of, he must have been a guy that God wanted to use, just kind of a faithful guy, and, and uh, he's going along, and God says, hey, listen, Abraham, I'm going to make you a special, a special people. I'm going to make out of your lineage just the, uh, this special people that I'm going to uh, love and bless, and I'm going and, and to show you my miracles and things like this, and Abraham's like, oh, okay, And that's how the Jewish people started, right? With this guy that was just, he didn't ask for it and nothing special about him. And God said, I'm going to make you a chosen race. And then in Galatians 3.29, it reminds us that those of us who are in Christ, we are heirs to the promises that he gave to Abraham. That like you and I, and that's what Peter says here, you and I are a chosen race. Isn't, isn't being chosen great? You know, think about when you're a kid and you, you have any kind of a any kind of game you're going to play and you pick sides. Like so, all of you who were like athletic and you're like, yeah, that was awesome. All of you who weren't athletic, you're like, oh yeah, I hated that. Right? That you 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 like did not look forward to that time. I want to tell you that God is like he's like, yeah. I want, I want you. I want you. I want you. Isn't that cool? You are chosen to, to get all the blessings and all the, uh, the wonderful entitlements of being a child of God. <laughs> He's like, and he picked you because he loves you. I think that's pretty cool. He says not only that, but you are a chosen race. You're also a royal Priesthood. Sometimes, you, sometimes we don't feel very royal, do we? I, I, I don't. A lot of times, if, I don't feel very royal. But you know that this isn't based on us. I was thinking about this. Like, just picture going into a museum, and you, you know, you pay twenty bucks, and you go into this museum, and you walk in, and there's a hat. you like, Pfft. oh, good. Oh, a hat. And there's a little, an old quill pin, and you're like, well, all right, well, that's, I mean, that's kind of cool, but I mean, it's a pen. And there's a pair of tennis shoes, and you're like, wow, I just spent 20 bucks. What's the deal here? There's nothing special about these things. But then you read the little card, and you're like, oh, that's the hat that Abraham Lincoln wore. And oh, that quill pin, that that's one of the pins they used to sign the Declaration of Independence. Oh, those shoes, those are the first shoes that Michael Jordan ever wore when he was in an NBA game. And all of a sudden you realize, wow, these things are pretty special, not because of what they are, but because whose they are. And you and I are royalty not because we're so great, but because he's so great. Man, that, that deserves like an amen or something. You know what I mean? You, you and I are a royal priesthood. And then it says a holy nation. And Pastor Jeff talked about this last week in chapter 1 uh, about how God calls us to holiness. And it, again, we can only do that because of we're forgiven by him and empowered by him. A holy nation, a people for his possession uh, I have a little sister, I've told some of you this, I have an older brother and a younger brother, and uh, I don't know why, but I mean, my, my parents wanted a daughter, and, uh, but they didn't want another son, and that kind of confuses me, because I'm looking at my brother, and I'm, my brothers, and I'm looking at me, and I'm like, I don't know why they didn't want another son, but they didn't want another son, I'm being funny, okay, so, they, but they wanted a little girl, so they adopted a little girl. And so I used to always tell my sister, because she was, she would, you know, when she got a little older, she was working through that whole thing. And I said, listen, uh, Tina, like we were born, but you were chosen, right? You were adopted. My mom and dad picked you intentionally. And I, I look at this and I think about, they chose her to be their daughter. And that's what God does for you and I. He adopts us into his family. He's like, again, this this whole theme, like, I want you. Isn't that awesome? Listen, you and I are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his possession, so that you and I can declare his praises, proclaim his praises, of the one who called us out of darkness and into marvelous light. For once we were not a people... But now we are God's people. You had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. Think about this as we close. You you and I were slaves to sin, and then we got freedom. Right? We, We were dead, and now we're alive. We were lost, and now we're found. We were in darkness, and now we're in light. Right? And I could go on and on. Isn't this amazing? This is what God does for us who are His children. For God loved us so much that He gave Jesus. That's pretty special. Right? I love that. That's such an amazing concept about all the things that God does for us. Again, it's not because of who we are, it's because of who He is. So we come to the end. Here, we want to give you an opportunity to respond. I always think about, like, what's my next step? Because if I, when I look in God's Word, I believe it always calls us to something, right? God, with His Holy Spirit, is working in us and prompting us or convicting us or challenging us or calling us or whatever He's doing. But God's working. I guarantee if you're here, you're here for a reason and God's doing something in your life. So what's your next step? Some of you may, at some point, and you want to talk to Pastor Jeff about becoming a member, you can do that. If you want to be baptized and take that next step of faith, you can do that. Whatever, whatever it is, you can talk to us about that this morning. Uh, some of you, I'm afraid that Christ has been a stumbling block in your life. Maybe you've just been thinking about, you know, I, I kind of, I'm sure Jesus was a good person, but I'm just not ready to give Like I don't want to have to be a living sacrifice, right? I don't want to do that. Maybe it's been a stumbling block for you this whole time and you realize now uh, that God's calling you to be his child, to submit and find forgiveness and cleansing. Maybe you think you've done too much bad things that nobody around here knows about, but God does and you're worried about that. It doesn't, like whatever it is, I guarantee you that God loves you and God's calling you. I don't I don't know where you're at this morning, but we want to give you an intentional time. If the praise team would come on up, we want to give you an intentional time to respond to what he's doing uh, in response to his word. I also know that there's a lot of things going on in this church. I think a lot of people are in having some struggles and stresses and health issues and things like that. so we will also want to do something a little bit different. I'm going to have a, a few people up here. If you want to come up and pray, Jolie and I will be up here, and Richard and Don will be over here. And if you want to pray, get prayed upon and for, or if you, just, if you want to come to Christ for the first time, whatever it is, whatever it is, we want to give you an opportunity to respond. Would you join me? Uh, just bow, let's bow in prayer. And Father, I, I would just ask in these last few minutes together that you would continue to continue to work in us uh what a glorious passage that i was able to preach through this morning and that we were able to hear and it's such a great reminder of all the blessings that you give for us but there's there's a fairly good chance that at least one or two people in here maybe have never taken up the opportunity to trust in jesus and we want to We just want that to be the time now that they can do that and respond. And Father, however people need to cry out to you and lift you up in praise or cry out to you in forgiveness or whatever, we just want you to be in in charge of this whole process, Father. So help us to be submitted to you and do as you please to say, Yes, I will at this time.